Welcome to the Complete Engineering Podcast, brought to you by the College of Engineering. We are Nebraska, where we build complete engineers with the technical and non-technical skills to do big things. Visit us at engineering.unl.edu. Welcome to the Complete Engineering Podcast, brought to you by the University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Engineering. I'm Matt Honke. And I'm Carl Vogel. And today, uh, we are joined by Dr. Clarence Waters, who is with our Durham School of Architectural Engineering and Construction. Welcome, Dr. Waters. Glad to be here. Uh, Dr. Waters is an Aaron Douglas professor and industry liaison. Uh, He came to the uh, Durham School of Architectural Engineering and Construction in 2000. He has also earned many teaching awards, including the Architectural Engineering Institute's 2016 Outstanding Educator Award, that is given to the nation's top educator in the field. And in addition to teaching and research, Dr. Waters is also the AE program's chief industry liaison and relates with a very vibrant architectural engineering industry in Omaha and nationally. It's been a key factor in the success of the program with is that unique relationship. What did you know about Omaha before you came here? And what factored into your decisions to, to come to this part of the country? I came here actually... Uh for a short period of time, just uh, one semester to teach a course. And um, I commuted from Kansas State, where I was on the faculty, and learned of the industry that was here and saw the opportunity just as architectural engineering was getting started. They offered me a job, and, and I took it. And really, the reason I took it was because of the opportunity with this industry connection that is really amazing in Omaha. And what specifically about Omaha and maybe this part of the country makes this a great place for an architectural engineering program? We really have giants in the architectural engineering industry in Omaha. HDR, who just moved their world headquarters to Exarban Village, which is two blocks away from us in Omaha. They are the number one designer of healthcare facilities in the world. They're not in any way, shape, or form the the only one. Leo A. Daly, a very large AE firm, third in the country in healthcare facilities is in Omaha, started in Omaha. DLR, also in Exarban Village, just blocks away from us, is uh, the number one designer of K-12 educational facilities in the country. Other big firms, um, Alvine Engineering is an excellent engineering firm that just has engineers, not their own architects. So they're working for architects all over the world. And so that's what makes Omaha unique, is that center really that's found no place else in the world. I'm convinced there's not a better place in the world for architectural engineering. If that sounds a little you know, strange for the, the listeners, our College of Engineering here, we are located in both Lincoln and in Omaha, and we have a wonderful facility on the Scott campus, the south campus of the University of Nebraska, Omaha. And that exorbitant area, that's just sprouted up in the last really 10 years. If you haven't been down there, it's amazing now. It is, and uh, it all used to be... Uh, a horse track, <laughs> and uh, the uh, the building where we are is was the first building in that area, and now it's just exploded. HDR's world headquarters, DLR, Olson and Associates, the Kiewit Building Group are all 
right there uh, and the interaction that we have with them is is really amazing. Is there a monetary value that we can put on the input that these industry professionals and alumni provide the students? I mean, how unique and how important is that to have those people literally a doorstep away, just a block away? I teach a, a course that's a capstone course in the master's degree, five-year program. It's called, we call it team design. The technical name is interdisciplinary team design project. And in that course, we put the students in teams of eight to 10 students and we give them mentors. And we also then have industry evaluators that are all over the country that evaluate the students' work. They present over Zoom and their work is available electronically. So we have people all over the country that evaluate their work. But on the on the first day of class, and we'll we'll have 30, 40 students in this class and we'll have 60 professionals that mentor and evaluate them. And on the first day of class, always I require the students to calculate the actual contribution to that class. And so they calculate the number of volunteer hours, and then we use a standard engineering hourly rate, $100, $125 an hour, which is what these professionals bill their time at. And every year it comes out to be close to right around a quarter of a million dollars. So that's that's an example just from this one class. There are thousands of other hours that are volunteered, but that's the only uh, only actual number that I have. Is uh, but it's it's very significant. And that class won the NCEES grand prize in 2016 for the best capstone in the country for uh, bringing industry to students. That's amazing. It is. And this relationship has created a very successful job placement rate for graduates. How has that relationship with industry evolved and, and how is it benefiting our students right now? In the first class that we teach, AE 1010, Introduction to Architectural Engineering, second or third week of class, we assign these freshman students an industry mentor. And so there will be one industry mentor for six or eight students. One of the assignments is the student has to interview that mentor and they have to go to that mentor's office and learn what that mentor is doing. So they develop a relationship very early on. So these connections, these networks that the students build start from really the very very beginning. And that obviously is very beneficial to them. You mentioned the opportunities then when they graduate. Uh, they are just outstanding. I think in there are specialty areas within architectural engineering, especially in the graduates who design HVAC mechanical systems, graduates that design electrical systems. Right now, I'd, I'd guess there's probably four opportunities per student. And the reason is industry wants wants our graduates. They value our program. We have very high quality students. They're productive for their employers. And the Durham School has a career fair every October, and that has grown by leaps and bounds just in the last few years. I believe in the last year, we're up to close to 100 just industry people 100. coming. And it's kind of unique in that they're coming there to recruit the students more than just expose what they have to offer. Very much so. There are over 100 companies last October. We anticipate even more than that this coming fall. I think there were something like 300 individual interviews the day after that. 
career fair. Wow. Wow. And just amazing opportunities for the students. And the kind of the cool thing that's happening is that there aren't enough students to go around. So consequently, they start hiring students in, for their summer internships the summer before their master's degree or the summer before their senior year. So they're just getting outstanding internships all over the country because the demand is so high. And they, they come off of those internships typically with a permanent employment offer in their hands. The architectural engineering program at Nebraska is one of the tops in the country. And I think the industry advisory committee has really helped a lot with that. How would you say that that relationship has evolved over the years? The Architectural Engineering Advisory Committee has been a critical component, really, of the architectural engineering from the beginning. We graduated our first students in 2003, and an advisory committee was in place prior to that, and around that time became more formal. And so it's 14 members. They serve for three-year terms. Half we are, are kind of local in the different disciplines, and the other half are really industry leaders from all over the country. They really have been a critical component to the evaluation of our program, and they are the ones that we obviously tap in for volunteers and, and all of those things. But they come and meet with us twice a year for a full day. They meet with our freshman students uh, they meet with our MAEs as they graduate. It's a neat relationship that develops between the advisory committee and our students. They really get to know them and enjoy that interaction. They even give them a gift when they graduate. We have a event the night before the students graduate. Their parents are there, and the advisory committee gives them a gift. It's, uh, it's neat. It's very cool. Another unique part of the architectural engineering program is the four plus one structure to the academic career of the students. And what the Durham School offers is a program that puts the students on a master's track a lot faster than a lot of other schools. What is that four plus one structure and how did that come about? So some of the better architectural engineering programs around the country were five-year bachelor's degrees. And when we created the program back in the... Uh, early 2000s, we wanted to compete with those programs, but we wanted to give the, 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 the graduates additional credit for that fifth year in the program. So we created the four plus one. It's a bachelor's plus what we call the Master of Architectural Engineering, MAE. Our ABAT accreditation sits with the MAE, so that is critical to become a licensed engineer. And so all the students understand from the very beginning that they are going to be in a five-year program, bachelor's plus master's. Beginning of the master's starts in the second semester of the senior year, and then they complete that in a five-year program. And what that really allows us to do is to give the students breadth in all of the areas of architectural engineering and structures in HVAC and electrical lighting and acoustics. Our program has much more breadth than any other architectural engineering program. And then after they have that breadth, and that gives them the ability to sit on these large teams and understand what everybody else on the team is doing, then they go very deep in their specialization. So our students will 
end up designing the structure for a building or designing the electrical systems for buildings or the mechanical systems. And that fifth year gives them that depth. And I I think that has a lot to do with the demand for our graduates from industry because they like that breadth and they need that depth, which makes our students very, uh, very productive for employers and very productive for, for large teams. For the students themselves, when they have that master's and don't have to take a sixth year to get it, what's the advantage for the student in that scenario? Well, it's they, they have an additional degree. They have a master's degree and always will have that master's degree. So other students have to go at least two years to, to obtain that master's degree. We're called the Complete Engineering Podcast, and that's in reference to our Complete Engineer program that we have at the university. It correlates a little bit with what you were just talking about, how at the end of your five years, you understand what other people are doing on your team. You, you know the different roles, and that's one of the tenets of the Complete Engineer is teamwork. And how important is teamwork when you're working in groups? As you get into a professional world, you're not just working in a silo anymore, right, as a as an engineer, having that understanding and the ability to work with others and communicate is crucial. It's critical for our industry. I think it's probably critical for most industries, but being able to work on large teams, you know, somebody that's going to design the first national tower in Omaha or Baxter Arena, there's 30, 40 people that are involved in the design of that facility, and you have to work very closely on teams. I mentioned earlier that interdisciplinary team design project. These students have to present their work in front of these 60 professionals, and that causes the the students to take that very, very seriously, and they work extremely hard. And these professionals tell us that they are, in many cases, do as good a job, if not better, than some of the professionals that they're working with themselves. Those communication skills, those presentation skills, those teamwork skills are just critical. And that's comes down to teaching. Part of the factor of them learning it is teaching, and you've been honored in the past for your teaching and your ability to relate with students in that way. How do you create an environment that allows these students to thrive, and, and how do they respond to that? I don't know that it's much about what I do, but uh, I love our students. I love our industry, and I think the students understand that, and they value that. They know that I respect them. They know that I am there for their success. Simply a, a lucky man that gets the opportunity to to work with these outstanding students and, and the outstanding industry that supports them. Well, you were recently chosen to receive the Aaron Douglas Professorship, becoming the first Nebraska engineering faculty to be so honored. What does this particular honor mean to you? I'm, I'm very humbled by, by that award and greatly appreciate the work that Dean Lance Perez and uh, the director of the Durham School, Jay Puckett, put into giving me that award. Aaron Douglas is a black artist who was born and raised uh, just a few miles from where I was born and raised in Kansas. And so he was a graduate of the University of Nebraska, and uh, I'm, I'm very honored to be named that professor, and I'm a lucky man. The, uh, I enjoy very much what I do, and um, don't tell the dean, but I'd probably do it even if he didn't pay me. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on it. 
Thank you. All right. Well, it's that time again for our lightning round. Dog or cat? Absolutely dog. Who is your favorite superhero? Uh, I suppose Iron Man. Favorite tailgating food? Uh, Brats. Have you ever used a slide rule? Absolutely, I did. (laughs) First video game you owned? Uh, That I owned. I don't know that I've ever owned one, but I used to play, uh, what's that one where the the thing goes around and and eats the little balls? Pac-Man. Pac-Man, yeah. (laughs) Favorite musical genre? What Boston. was Boston? Oh, more than a feeling, Amanda. Very good. What was your favorite toy growing up? Etch a sketch. I don't know. <laughs> if you could time travel, to when would you go? To the future. Ah, nice. On a scale of one to ten, how strict were your parents? My mother was a two. My father was a nine. <laughs> do you know how to run a VCR? I do. <laughs> Chocolate or vanilla? Uh, vanilla with chocolate on top. Ah, nice. <laughs> Saturday or Sunday? Uh, Sunday. What's your pet peeve? Cats. <laughs> <laughs> that explains the answer on number one. <laughs> Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. And last but not least, Herbie Husker or Little Red? I'm a K-State fan, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's all right. We'll, we'll allow that. But we do want to thank you, uh, Dr. Waters, for, for taking your time today and joining us. You can catch the Complete Engineering Podcast on Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. Thank you for listening to the Complete Engineering Podcast. For more information, visit us at engineering.unl.edu.